Hey, hey, hey! Heads up, bitches. Welcome to another episode of Cut the Shit. I am Christian Tucker, giving you just another idiot's view of the world. I will be ranting and raving about this week's crap that has caught my attention for its stupidity or its uniqueness or its newsworthiness, or at least what I deem newsworthy anyways. As always, don't forget to catch us on the web at www.cuttheshitalready.com. There you will find links to hit to subscribe to our podcast. Also, you'll find a link to Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at PLZ Cut the Shit, as well as Facebook. You can go to www.facebook.com forward slash cut the shit already forward slash. Got something good to say or pass along? Do it at any of these locations. Got some putrid shit to spew my direction? Do it there also, dirtbag. We welcome it all. Okay, so let's get this shit going, shall we? Hey, hey, hey. Good day, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Cut the Shit. This is episode eight. Uh, we've only got two topics today, but they're big ones. Uh, and the first one we're going to discuss is a woman's crazy button. Yeah, I know, right? So, let's talk. Women, specifically what people call a crazy woman or a batshit crazy woman. Let me start off by saying that they do exist, and let me also start off by saying that it's not their fault. So let's define a batshit crazy woman, or maybe give scenarios of batshit crazy women. Uh, maybe that would be a little bit easier. You meet a woman, and she seems great. Awesome personality, great in bed, fun to be around. Then after a while of dating, you start to see sides of her you really hadn't seen before. Uh, heightened sense of jealousy around women friend of yours. Uh, in the beginning, she seemed uh, like she liked them. She drank with them, but now she wants you to stop being friends with them and hanging out with them. She starts trying to weed friends out of your life, picking and choosing who you can and cannot hang out with. Uh, the great, awesome sex you used to have still happens, but only after a knock them down, drag them out fight. You argue more and more frequently. The arguments turn physical on her part towards you. She becomes obsessive of you and now looks at you through eyes of distrust. Your family begins to talk about her and her behavior behind your back and then eventually to your face. You break up and she keys your car. You get back together and the cycle happens all over again. Your friends and family try to do an intervention with you. Uh, it doesn't work, right? Uh, and of course, the last sign is she kills your pet and burns all your clothing. You get the picture. So let me say this. All that is bad, but guess what? It's not her fault. Yeah, you heard me. Not her fault. And I'm a man, and I'm telling you this. Why, you may ask. Let's talk about my theory of women and uh, their crazy button. So, every woman is born with one. It's like deep inside her, more than likely attached to the sidewall of her heart or the main vein leading to or from the heart. That's obviously hyperbole there, but sitting there uh, like an aneurysm waiting to pop. Though a crazy button does not pop, it does get pushed. And who pushes this crazy button? <laughs> You're looking at them. Men. Men do, of course. Well, in most cases. In some cases, a woman could theoretically push another woman's crazy button, but more on that later. So how does this happen, and why is it not her fault? So it can happen to a girl at age 16 or even younger. It can happen to a woman at age 49. Like an aneurysm, it can happen at any time. So let's give uh, two scenarios, shall we? A 16-year-old girl falls for the high school quarterback. 
He's tall, handsome, great smile, beautiful hair, the all-American boy, and she's just smitten with him. He likes her too, though probably not as much, but he doesn't tell her that. Instead, he tells her he feels the exact same way about her too. He lies. And why does he lie? He lies to get in her pants. See, she has stated she's a virgin and is willing to play around with him, but absolutely no sex. She doesn't want to get pregnant or doesn't want her parents to catch her and most certainly doesn't want the school to know and, you know, having a reputation as a slut. So she drew a line in the sand. But this guy, the quarterback, really wants to fuck her because that's what stupid teenage boys do. So he begins to work on her, systematically breaking her down. He tells her everything she wants to hear, everything she's longed to hear from a boy. He buys her things, takes her to places, sweeps her off her feet, hangs out at her house, has dinner with her and the parents, and stays afterwards to watch TV or movies with the family. The all-American boy has finally met the all-American girl, and they fall in love, so she thinks. So, all the while, he is piece by piece breaking her down, making her feel so in love with him as he pretends to just as madly fall in love with her. Hell, he may even think he is in love with her. Either scenario works for this. But really, he has done such a good job convincing her he loves her, he may have even convinced himself. And once that level of convincing is done, it's game over. She finally gives herself to him, for he tells her he will never leave her, and they will get married and have a family. She buys all this hook, line, and sinker, and why shouldn't she? Men's hormones are kicking in, and it drives them to sex. Women's hormones are kicking in, and yes, sex is a factor, but it's more about that first love with them. They will lie, cheat, and steal for their man. They would even kill for him. When a woman loves a man so deeply and so passionately, just look throughout the years of such cases. Hello, Amy Fisher and Joey Buttafugo. So she gives herself to him, now what? It has cemented that love, that deep, carnal, basic caveman love that she has for him. It's so deep and primal. Now, it doesn't normally happen the next day. Sometimes it does. But this boy ends up breaking up with her or cheats on her uh, with her friend or an enemy or some random bitch, whatever. Regardless, he realizes he doesn't love her. Maybe he knew all along and was just playing the game, so he bounces. She begs him not to, forgives his past wrongs, bends over backwards to be whoever she thinks he wants her to be. She would change her hair color and style, change her clothing style, do drugs or alcohol for him. If it would make him happy, he would still want her if she did these things, is what she's thinking. Sometimes guys will use that to their advantage, only fucking that girl up even more. She will go to parties with him and get drunk when she never would have done or even conceived of doing it before. She will smoke some pot with him. She would even give his best friend a blowjob if he asked her to, just to prove to that friend just how good at it she was. She would degrade and tear herself down because he asked her to. Then in the end, he laughs and he still leaves her anyway breaking her heart, spirit, and soul. That motherfucker, right then and there, pressed her crazy button. She will never be the same. She will always be broken and feel like less because of what he did to her. Even if he fucked her just once and broke up with her the next day, all the broken promises and lying that led to her to fall deeply in love with him would be enough to break her and push her crazy button. We all knew a girl in high school that this happened to. Sometimes it happened to way more girls in high school than we knew or remember. That poor girl is crazy as a motherfucker the rest of her life thanks to that one guy. There is no one else to blame but him, period. 
Scenario two, a woman marries at 24 years old. Up to that point, she's enjoyed playing the field, or maybe she was uh, you know, school and career driven. Either way, she never allowed herself to fall into the trap of believing some guy's bullshit and falling in love. But now she finally falls in love and she gets married, has two children, and has the perfect home life. In the next 25 years, everything's great. White picket fence, perfect man, perfect kids, perfect life. She knew batshit crazy women, but could never understand why they were the way they were. Her and her husband would often joke about his friends being married to some crazy bitch. And they would both smile and agree that he got lucky. He found the good one who wasn't crazy. Then, on her 50th birthday, he drops the bombshell. He is in love with his secretary and is leaving his wife for the other woman. The wife is confused and hurt and doesn't understand. She never saw this coming. He tells her... He's sorry, but he's got to follow his heart. She throws in his face all of her sacrifice, not having a career, to you know, to stay home and raise the children, his children. She wanted to be an attorney, but she did not pursue that at his request to raise the kids. She was glad she did, but she did not chase her dreams so that he could chase his. Now the kids are all grown, and it's just the two of them. They were going to travel, open a vineyard, and grow grapes, and make wine, and live the life they'd always dreamed of. He states he is still going to do that, but with his secretary, Barbara, and not her. And by the way, Barbara's 32, not 50. So she begs him not to leave, says they can do counseling. He refuses. She sees her whole life crash. The love of her life tell her straight to her face he no longer loves her, and she never saw it coming. Had no idea there was any, any issues. She sees her life, that of a 50-year-old woman with no job skills, the kids out of the house, she sees herself alone, and the rest of her life is crushed. That motherfucker there just pushed her crazy button, though in a different way than the 16-year-old. The 16-year-old crazy button is fueled with hormones and napalm and rocket fuel, which carries her the rest of her life, the fuel never running low. At 50, it is fear and depression that drives and feeds her crazy button. Both women have been irreparably harmed, never to be the same or recover to be a functioning normal woman. They try, and sometimes they fool their family and friends, but just under the surface that batshit crazy broken woman is there. When I meet women like this, I don't wave them off as crazy or fucking crazy or whatever. I know what happened to them, or some facsimile of it. I know they are the way they are, not because of something they did, but rather something some man did to them. Men are Dr. Frankenstein and women are monsters we create. I know I've made my share of monsters. With age and wisdom, I could look back and know it was me that ruined them or that hurt them or that pushed their crazy button. Knowing what I know now, I would have handled the women of my past more gently and kinder and honestly. Would my life really have been so bad if I didn't fuck that girl at the high school dance? No, my life would have been just fine and dandy if I had never fucked her. And her life, how would it have been? Well, one thing is for certain, it would not have been me that pushed her crazy button. The two samples from above are just that, samples. But make no mistakes, I have similar stories and regrets, and so do most men if they are honest. I have been single for three years now, and I had a motto that I tried to live by while I was on the dating scene. And that was, leave them better than how you found them. I can safely say, for most of them, I did. 
There were still some that fell in love too quickly, and I couldn't help but to hurt them a little as I left. But I did try to make the pain as small and as easy as possible. Still not even then, I can promise you. 100% effectiveness on my part. Some of these women, when I met them, had already been broken or had their crazy button pushed. And any man they're going to get involved with when it comes time for a breakup or the split. And unfortunately, at that point, every nice guy that tries to be nice to a woman will be blamed and lumped in with all the other shitty guys from her past because she's too full of pain and rage to see that he was a nice guy and he did try to do right by her. Women will always love deeper and harder than men, and men will always never understand how lucky they are to be loved like that. We take it for granted. And why? Because we have seen women do it time and time again, and we know we will find another one who will do the same. It's sad but true. Back to my earlier question or point. A woman can push another woman's crazy button. In a lesbian relationship, I've seen this too. But just as in a heterosexual relationship, it is normally the man, quote unquote, of the relationship who pushes the woman's button. I have seen or known of one or two butch women who had their heart broken by their girlfriend and teetered on crazy, but not gone fully over the cliff. But I'm sure there are some out there. That's just a generalization, of course. As a father to a girl, I tried to warn her of guys and their ways and their words that they use to seduce and get what they want. I tried to spare her the pain of having her crazy button pushed. It's what a good parent does. It's what a good father does. And it's what a good man does once he has learned from his mistakes. Only time will tell. All you guys acting this way and pushing these girls crazy button, to you I say, cut the shit. Topic number two for the day. George Lucas. Star Wars, right? Maybe the most iconic and recognizable series of movies in the world. What George Lucas created and brought to the screen in 1977 changed cinema forever. You can't deny that. No one had seen anything like Star Wars up to that time. 1980 brought The Empire Strikes Back, and still to this day, many feel it's the best Star Wars ever. 83, Return of the Jedi, capped the trilogy. The toys that came from that era of movies was awesome, and I'm not going to lie, I had every one of them sometime in duplicate and triplicate. As an adult, I collected them like other idiots and displayed them on the shelves and so forth in their offices. Anyways, they enriched everyone's childhood and helped create an awesome genre and spurred many people to go to Hollywood and make movies like their idol, George Lucas. He may single-handedly have created the most amount of directors because of his visionary work. Then the late 90s came. Everyone was begging for new Star Wars movies. George delivered. And at the time of each movie's release, people loved them. Then with time, people kind of began to start hating on them, criticize him, his decisions, his screenwriting, his directing, his use of CGI. What the fuck, seriously? This man is a genius. He created a world beyond imagination, species, planets, ships. He even created languages for the movie. He inspired generations to dream, create, to fantasize, to use their imaginations, and to pursue their dreams. And what thanks does he get? People saying he ruined their childhood, ruined their movies. What? Who the fuck are you? He created this shit. These are his movies. This is his world. He allowed you to have a peek at this world, and you fell in love with it and him. Then he showed you more of this world, and now you attack and run him down? I don't understand you people. You act as if you own the Star Wars world, and you entrusted it to him, and he ruined it. 
It's not yours. You have no ownership over it. Not one of you could even remotely come up with one one one-hundredth of what he did, but you call him all kinds of names and basically run him into the ground and run him out of his own universe that he created. You scream he should never write another Star Wars movie. You demand that he never direct another Star Wars movie. What in the holy hell, people? Where do you even fucking get off? Anyone, and I mean anyone, who hates on George Lucas for what they deem a destruction of the prequels is an idiot and has no business being a fan and should sit the fuck down and shut up. This is this man's life, this man's baby, and for all you to assume you have the right to preach to him is mind-boggling. I personally would love to have George Lucas behind the wheel of the Star Wars franchise, writing, directing, or anything else for that matter. I think he should be involved. Since it sailed to Disney, it has gone in a different direction, and that's okay. If you want to rail on Disney or their choices or directors or writers, that's fair because it is not their baby. It's not their creation. It was not their vision. It was not their blood, sweat, and toil that created this universe. They fucking bought it. But for fuck's sakes, shut the fuck up about George Lucas and leave him alone. Just cut the shit. Saying this out loud, I sound like Chris Crocker crying about Britney Spears. Uh, Oh, God, that's kind of pathetic. Anyways, so all you Lucas haters out there, cut the shit. That wraps up uh, another podcast. That's episode eight, I think is what we had said at the beginning. So wrapping up episode eight, I want to thank you guys again for joining us. Um, As always, visit the website at www.cuttheshitalready.com. There you can find links to the podcast and Twitter and Facebook and all that good stuff. And as Ron Burgundy always says, stay classy. And until next time, take care.